Hello, friends. This is Pastor Mitch, and I want to hit another one of my seven-minute side issues. This has uh, to do with the, the pastor, the sermon this past Sunday when we looked at the Old Testament law and, and Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. And I want to discuss something I didn't have time for then, but it's one of the more troubling aspects for modern-day believers is how slavery is handled within the Old Testament law, within the Bible. And so one thing to understand is that slavery was common, was the norm for the ancient world in all the, the nations surrounding Israel and elsewhere throughout the world. It has been the norm through most of human history, and it is great <laughs> That one of the awesome things that we have actually eliminated slavery, at least legal, legally slavery, in our modern time. But how do we think about these laws given to Israel in God's times? And the the question I'm specifically asked is why didn't God just outlaw slavery in the Bible? I've, I've kind of heard various versions of that. You know, if if slavery is bad and it is. Why didn't God just say, don't do it? Don't do it at all. And what I would suggest is that slavery was so entrenched in culture and society that that just giving a law could not end it. That that our hearts are hard. And if God would have just given laws about slavery, we the people would have done it anyways. So he had to begin to work to change hearts attitudes towards other people and what happens in the old testament law is it limits slavery in its practice and it begins to undermine even the practice of slavery and so he sets up these these passages that i think would ultimately lead christians to to see that slavery should be an end so we gotta own up to the fact though that there were christians who would draw passages out of the Old Testament law and use that to justify owning slaves, that the Southern Confederate um, preachers would preach about that God's will was slavery. What I think they were doing is they were cherry picking their verses and they were ignoring ones that did not support what they do. And I think the overall understanding and what was going on in the law would actually lead to the end of slavery. And so that's what I want to kind of point out some specific laws um, that, that aim that way. So first of all, God says clearly, you cannot make your fellow Israelite. Do not make your brother into a slave. God says, I set them free from slavery. I brought them out of Egypt. So, so do not make them a slave at all. Um, they shall not be so. You couldn't practice slavery against your fellow brothers and sisters, uh, fellow Israelites. Now, what would happen though is you would have a thing called debt slavery, which means, and and a family a, a, a man might have trouble growing enough food, being able to to plant his fields. His family could be at risk of starvation, and so they had the practice of 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 in a sense selling themselves. But what, what God did is he set up a, a, a way that 
you could only do it for a certain amount of time that in effect you were selling your labor. So you could choose to go into someone's service with someone, sell your time and labor. Um, but then it says that would be time limited that after six years, they would go free. Um, so even that there's the year of Jubilee um, would happen. That's the seventh year. He, you know, at that point they have to go free. And more than that, you, 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 when you set them free, you had to give them the means that they could prosper and live for themselves. You had to bless them on the way out the door. And that was the law and the expectation amongst Israel. So that covers kind of the debt slavery, slavery within. Uh, what about other slaves, foreign slaves? Well, God had, had set up protections. First of all, that you were to protect runaway slaves wherever they came from. You were not to give a runaway slave back to his master. The idea is that if someone actually ran away from their master, it's because they were being mistreated. And you had to assume that. You had to give them a place to live. God says, he shall live in your midst, and you shall not wrong him. You shall not take advantage of someone in that situation. So Israel would have been a haven for runaway slaves from the other nations because of that practice. Um, it also outlaws sexual slavery, that you could not um, take a, a woman captured in battle and turn her into a concubine. Uh, if something happened, if you did, in a sense, if a man had sex with her, he had to either marry her or completely set her free. You weren't allowed to make that a practice. Um, it outright forbids kidnapping or selling someone into slavery, whatever their their, their na national status. So it limits the way slaves could, could come into Israel and what could be done with them. Again, making clear that ultimately God's will that there wouldn't be slavery at all, but knowing that men's hearts were hard, he had to chip away at it. He had to, to start to work against it um, over time. God did allow them to purchase slaves from other nations. Now, but think about this. The other nations, the, the, the laws that we have from um, Hammurabi's code or anything, were not nearly as generous as what you would have within Israel. So a foreign slave would actually probably be better off if they were brought into Israel. They would have more protections than they had anywhere else in that ancient world. Um, so that was allowed. Um, but then other protections. One, Exodus 21 limits the physical abuse. If you strike your slave and you knock out a tooth, you had to set them free. So think about that. That would definitely uh, uh, orient you towards not abusing your slave in any way. Um, that they and other similar principles would happen that, that if they were injured because of what you did, then they were set free. Um, and know also that that uh, protecting runaway slaves applied, that if you mistreated them, they could run away to another town and likely be protected there from you regaining them. So it incentivized the people of Israel to treat their slaves well enough that they wanted to stay with them. One of the other things that applied for slavery is the Sabbath laws. Um, in, in the Ten Commandments, it talks about taking one day out of seven for rest, which was a good thing. But you couldn't, as the master, enjoy the rest and then have everyone else work. It applied to your, your 
wife, it applied to your children, and it applied to your servants and slaves, and even your animals. Everyone got a day off on the Sabbath. So, so there's all these protections built in um, to slavery. The biggest thing to understand is the whole story of Exodus and God's claiming Israel as his people would undermine the, the whole thinking about slavery. God says it in the beginning of the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Um, I'm going to be your God. You're going to follow me. But he, he chose these people locked in slavery and made them free. And at various times in the law, it says, you know, you shall not do this because you were once slaves. It would, it would change how you think about other people, not automatically looking down that the status of slavery was permanent, as it would be in other, other hierarchical societies. Uh, and that he took these slaves and made them his treasured possession. But God made clear, he says, for all the earth is mine. Ultimately, all peoples belong to God. He started with one people. He set them free from slavery. But that that open door would be for for anyone eventually. And I'll when I'm waiting to read the Old Testament context of slavery, it's a different context. But I do want to bring in this this one passage in Galatians. It talks about that when you are in Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus, and that it says you become part of Christ's family, and says that's true whether you're Jew or a Greek. It's true whether you are slave or free, male or female. You are all united as one people in Christ, which means you've been set free. John 8, 36 says it, says it outright. If the Son sets you free, you are set free indeed. So you, you have no greater master than, than the Lord who you trust. So, so I offer that as a way to understand how how God ultimately wanted to get us out of slavery, but he first had to, to lead us to that point. And the law was the beginning point for how he would do it. So hope you're continuing to engage with the hundred essential verses and, and reading those and learning from this. Um, I, I invite questions or counter ideas. I'm only hitting these briefly. And I know I'm, I'm probably skipping through some of this quickly. If, if you would like to hear more in depth, I'd be open to that. And we're going to keep doing those big group check-in nights to, to offer times to do that as well. Or you could send me an email. Thanks for tuning in.